Hello there, Vernacular Faithful. Redcoat here. And I wanted to chat a little bit about another element of art and style. In this case, specifically pertaining to the medium of video games. Now, there is an initial question of, are video games art? That's something that's been pervaded around and talked about for quite a bit, but I think before we get to there, we need to first define what a game is. In my previous talks, I've stated a definition of art, which is a stylized, stylized expression. In other words, the idea that art is a statement that has been altered so that it is individualized, or rather, art is an individualized statement. It could be about something, it could be about nothing, it could be something as simple as balls bounce, but it is changed in such a way such that it becomes idealized, um, individualized. And with that in mind, the more individualized it is, the more artsy, air quotes, it becomes. Now, on to defining what a game is. I have a very simple explanation for it, which is that games are a series of rules that influence how one achieves a goal. Now, there is an additional part that comes with this, but that's the basic definition. It's extremely broad and there is a reason for that. But the other part that comes with this is that generally speaking, games are made to create engagement. And this is another thing I've talked about in one of our previous talks uh, about the idea of engagement, which is simply that it causes one to interact with it in a way that connects them to it. To engage with something is to interact with the thing such that you interact with it, that you are connected to it. With that said, games are generally made to create engagement. In other words, when you interact with the rules, uh, you when you interface with the rules, you interact with them in a way that actually connects you to it in some way, shape, or form. And generally speaking, the more non-trivial it is, the more gamey it becomes. The more non-trivial that engagement with those rules is, the more gamey the game becomes. But I digress. Why did I settle upon the specific term, or rather phrasing, of a series of rules that influence how one achieves a goal. Well, a part of this is because everything, and I mean everything, can be gamified. So with that in mind, it follows that a game is more of a modulation of an already existing thing. And with that in mind, because anything can be gamified, it would follow that it would have to be whatever it is that you are turning into a game, there has to be some basic 
concept that can be applied almost anywhere and everywhere for that to work. And that's why the basic concept is a goal. I happened upon this very idea when I was walking to work one day. I was, well, rather, I was walking to the bus, and I realized that the very act of walking to the bus could be gamified because initially I don't have any parameters defining when I need to get there or how I want to get there. I mean, to be sure, I don't want to be late for work, so I would want to hurry up and get there at a certain point in time. But if I modulated it a little bit, let's say I changed it so that I need to get to the bus stop before I'm late to work, but I can only power walk to do it. This creates a rule that I can non-trivially engage with because I have to power walk instead of just walking, but I have to modulate my pace such that I don't break into a jog or a run. And then we take it a step further and say, well, not just don't be late for work, but let's get there within a minute. And so that becomes a new rule that changes how I approach that final goal of getting to the bus stop. So it should be noted that with that idea of the broad definition of what a game is, there is a range across which the engagement varies from good to bad. And when I talk about good to bad engagement, I'm talking about the idea of the play experience, because essentially engaging with a game is playing the game. To play the game is to engage with it, to engage with its rules. So with that in mind, a negative play experience versus a positive play experience. And while there's a number of smaller things that you can get at, I mean, the main deal is that a positive play experience in a more ephemeral sense makes you feel good, and a negative play experience makes you feel bad. And there's some general things that come up when you're looking at designing a game where, you know, it becomes a negative play experience if it becomes tedious, if it becomes repetitive, if it becomes boring. Uh, and by boring, I mean the engagement, the non-trivial engagement has either been extremely trivialized to the point where it's no longer engaging or either no longer requires you to interact with it in a good manner, or rather a significant manner, or the item in question is such that you have to engage with it and you have to pay attention to it, but it is neither exciting nor varied in its work. And, I mean, and that's when we talk about the idea of tedious, where you're repetitively, repetitively doing the same thing over and over again. There's nothing surprising, there's nothing new, and as we stated back when we were talking about the concept of art, one of the things that humans are always looking for is novelty. And generally speaking, if a game is very well created, it will have 
novelty built into the way that it's engaged with, either through the way that the the way that opposing players alter the way that people play with it, or in the way that the rules themselves change with each new time that you play it, or perhaps even not necessarily the rules, but aspects and elements of the game that would change the way that you interact it, having those change each time you play. So with all of that said, we come back to that initial statement. A game is a series of rules that influence how one achieves a goal. Beyond that, we can come to another quandary. Now that we have that defined, what is an artsy game? Or more directly, are games art at all? And so we have to look at this from the angle of our definition, of course. You know, art is stylized expression. Games are rules that influence how one achieves a goal. So there isn't any immediate overlap in those two definitions. However, one could say that a series of rules can be used to express something where the engagement created by those rules draws one towards a statement of some shape or form and to be draws one to a statement of some shape or form or creates a feeling. Remember, this is one of the things with art as stylized expression. You don't have to actually express a message that can be put into words per se. You can simply express a feeling. That's part of the concepts behind abstract art, where they are unanswered questions, but there's, uh, there's an intuitive feeling in some regard. But the idea of just something that is blue and knowing that blue in certain contexts expresses different things, right? Where blue expresses, can express sadness in a certain context, but it can also express a Halkian safe feeling where expressing sadness, you know, you have it associated with a character who's dressed in drab blues. I think of a character in Metal Gear Solid 3, the sadness who was dressed in faded blues and grays. Or you could have that sky blue, the blue that is associated with a clear blue sky, and that speaks more to a almost nostalgic form of safety, the kind of thing that you would normally see in a poem near the equator, an almost lazy sort of thing. But with that in mind, you can express feeling. And generally speaking, when we're talking about games and talking about them as art, while the more complex of them will have a long-form story that they're telling, a narrative per se. And to be sure, almost every game that is created, at least in the modern sense, has a theme to it, with an ex 
with a market exception for games like tug of war or the the old school things where you just kind of do a pickup game at the playground and you have some house rules that the kids work with i mean tag doesn't really have a theme to it and to be sure it's not really a game that's chock full of expression per se it's really more in the way that the kids are playing the game that can cause art to happen because you don't just have to run around in a very basic manner every kid has their own gait their own way of moving and some kids will get stylish and start doing football jukes or maybe when they want to get to the safe spot instead of just running to it and touching it they uh, jump into a front flip incidentally i don't advise this for any young people listening to this podcast although i don't expect they would be um but you know they do or they spin into a sliding tackle and they manage to get to the safe zone that way but this is a thing about games when we're talking about the idea of are they art because after a fashion depending on the way the game is built the game itself may be art or the game may be the avenue for artistic expression where say baseball in of itself the game itself doesn't really express anything like the rules don't really say anything but there's an avenue for artistic expression in the way the players interact with it and the way the players engage with those rules because everyone has their own way of hitting the ball everyone has their own way of running different people have different ways of stealing bases or sliding into home and you know or whether or not you even do that and then even beyond that in the parameters of the rules the freedoms that are allowed for the players such as after you hit a home run you take a moment and you do a saucy pose that's the player doing a little bit of artistic expression within the rules of the game i mean they're not barred from doing it and this personalizes their way of playing the game and so in that regard while that game itself baseball it's debatable whether or not it is actually an art in of itself but certainly the way that players engage with baseball is artistic and so in that regard as an element that facilitates artistic expression as a medium that facilitates artistic expression could that game be defined as art well i guess the next question is the tools that you use to make art are they art themselves and that comes down to how utilitarian they are you know like a, a blank canvas as was stated in past things under a certain parameters of interpretation could be weaseled into the idea of being art if you're doing some very abstract posturings um this is in reference to the three blank canvases at the pompidou at the pompidou however 
the blank canvas itself may not necessarily be art. However, the way that that blank canvas was made may be artistic in nature. And perhaps even beyond that, when we're looking at the very concept of manufacture with the way that things look like when you've got an orderly factory, like it's very mesmerizing when you watch a factory make chocolate, right? All of those pieces moving in a particular ordered manner, doing this, that, and the other thing. And even though it doesn't necessarily say anything specific, it conjures a feeling. And I think that's another thing with the, particularly the sports, the different kinds of sports, because there's definitely something to be said for these mediums of artistic expression that allow for the expression of certain feelings and the conjuring of feelings in their audience. And in that regard, in so much as this is what art does. Sports games in particular function in the same way that art does. And so in that regard, I could see one considering them to be art themselves, even though they are something closer to an artistic medium where artistic expression is created and the recordings of those games are art in of themselves. Or one could say that they are simply a simple form of art that becomes more complex and interesting when the players play it. It's basically, you know, the difference between nameless quarterback plays football and Peyton Manning in his heyday plays football. People will refer to the way that Manning plays the game as a work of art. But for that nameless football player, they won't necessarily refer to his work as art unless he's really good at what he does and he's got a way of doing it that is very different from everyone else and is still effective within the rules prescribed by the game. So outside of that, outside of the sports game, the general, the generalized idea of game, there is, of course, the video game, which is the most common thing that this quandary is levied at. And I would also say that the board game is also in this category, where routinely these items are very stylized. They're made to stand out. And this is in part because of the commercial requirements of them where, you know, you want to sell it and you need it to look different from everything else, you need it to be attractive. But even beyond that, just in the way that the games are presented, like almost every board game that I have seen has a theme. It's very rare that you're going to find a board game that doesn't have some statement of what it's about. And that's like some of the really old school stuff, some of the originators of gaming, things like Solitaire or uh, even, you know, Texas Hold'em. There might actually be a little bit of a story behind how that game actually works, but Gin Rummy, Backgammon, Dominoes, like 
when you look at them in media res, I suppose, there doesn't really seem to be much, much meaning expressed in them. And yet there is something expressed in their pieces because each individual part of those games, because they all have parts, have to be stylized in such a way that they enforce and express the rules of the game. So in that regard, every board game has a form of stylized expression. Now, whether or not they're good at it is another thing entirely, because some games are very poor at expressing their rules with their intrinsic parts. But it still stands that every game that has pieces that tell you what the rules are is, in fact, a work of art because they are expressing the very rules themselves, and they can stylize the way that they express those rules. And that's where that whole theming idea comes in, where you make it exciting and interesting for the person to read the rules, because now there's a context to them. Like, instead of having a game where you're simply throwing cards at each other and lowering each other's hit points, suddenly it's a game where you're summoning monsters and the monsters are hitting each other, and that's how you actually lower their hit points. Or a game where instead of it just being that you're exchanging credits between each other and trying to buy, uh, trying to buy boxes, you're going up and down the real estate boardwalk and taking over spaces and making people pay you taxes. Like suddenly there's a story being told and that's in the theming that's associated with the rules of the game. And what's interesting is that depending on how you've made those rules, those rules may lean into those expressions to where they don't take away from the theme that you've put on it, but they accentuate it. And that's what you're trying to do when you're making a game that is at once engaging and artful. And the thing is, it doesn't even necessarily have to say anything like super crazy or uh, profound. In fact, I would say that most games aren't meant to do that. They're not really meant to make you contemplate the very meaning of existence. At least when we're looking in the board game space, I think that's very valid. Most games are more there to produce that engagement and conjure a sense of fun, also known as positive engagement. And so that is an aspect of games as art. Now, going beyond the board game into the video game. Now, here we get to the space where uh, we've had a lot of Pompous pontification, 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 with regards to the idea of these are great things, these games that are artistic in nature. Very, very deep statements of the very nature of reality and the fabric of existence. And I will grant you, there are some games that Real, uh, real talk, 
they've got some messages that are deep and hard to understand or deep and they reach to the core of something in you that is very human that is very true like i think the original um oh what is it called that's not no man's land oh i won't i won't remember what the actual name is of it is but there's a number of games that actually produce a very strong feeling and have a very strong message and cause the user to think which again that's another function of art right it's to conjure thought and to encourage contemplation of things and such but it is also there to conjure fun and i think that's something that can often be forgotten when making a game sometimes with all of the hard work that goes into making some of these things one might think well i've got to leave my mark on humanity with this i've got to i've got to say something that no one else has said i've got to let everyone know that this is the true nature of reality itself or in the case of someone like hideo kojima people gotta know man the government is out to get you and I'm neither going to confirm or deny what I uh, what I think of that, but you know it's it's a thing. A game doesn't have to be utilitarian like that. A game can just be I'm out here, I'm shooting up a whole bunch of bad dudes, and it's really fun to do it. Um, like that's Metal Slug, right? You got a vil you got a set of villains that are portrayed in a way where you don't really care about blowing them up and it's and it's done in this cartoony manner so it's really having a lot of fun with it um and you're just playing it for the joy of it and there is an aspect of just how it mechanically controls that is satisfying and when you get done with it you've had you've probably gotten a little bit of an adrenaline high at some point because that's the kind of game it is and you've had a little bit of fun and you know that's that's a valid way for games to be engaged with it's a super valid way for games to be engaged with and i think that's something that the indie space knows very well I think the AAA space kind of forgot that over time. I mean, granted, they're also kind of trying to money grab, and I think that's an aspect of why they tried to really, really push this idea of elevating, elevating games into another realm of artistic form. And to be sure, let's be let's be real here. I do think the game as a work of art is a very cool and interesting thing i mean they're way more complex than movies are way more complex and there's so much going on in them and what better way to convey a message than to have someone experience the story what better way to show someone something about reality than to let them live it I mean, that, that's very, very enticing and very, very attractive. But to be sure, it doesn't devalue the more lower level 
not lower level. That's not the way to phrase it. That doesn't devalue the games that are meaningless, like just full straight up. They're just, they don't have a meaning to them. They're just there to conjure a feeling, to make you feel good, or at least to make you feel engaged. Like, I mean, there are some games that are made specifically to make you feel bad, um, which is why my initial definition does not include with the intent of creating positive engagement, because you can make games that are specifically made to make you feel bad. This is a thing. But I digress. To answer that initial question, are video games art? The statement in simplicity is yes. Well, that's all I've got for today. Stay cool, everyone, and I might have some things to report with regards to vernacular games in the coming weeks, but it's been a bit of a long time since I've been on the uh, sticks, as it were. Had to get my setup all put together, and I've been working nonstop to make money and keep my, uh, keep my teams afloat, especially in this current economy. It's kind of a weird thing, kind of hard to do. But hey, that's what happens when you bootstrap. Anyway, this is Redcoat. Signing off. Play the games you want to play, boyos.